We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. How happy are my people on a Monday morning Welcome to the KJ Podcast, San Francisco, California. Sundays and Mondays are fun again. These used to be days that we dreaded, where we were sarcastic about the 49ers on Twitter. We moaned on Monday what needed to be changed. The direction and the culture of the team was terrible. All of that, that conversation, RIP, rest in peace. The 49ers have graduated from laughingstock to average team in three games. Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal. Proved it again. Week 15, a 25-23 win over the Tennessee Titans. Still not getting in the end zone. Robbie Gold is kicking six field goals a game. Uh, He's been outstanding. I want to start here because there's so many different directions we can take this thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now and going forward. But number one thing here. Being a 49ers fan is fun again. This has become one of the more watchable teams in the league. I joked on Twitter, are they going to flex Niners-Jaguars this Sunday night? You're going to have primetime games next season. It used to not be fun to be a fan of this football team. And at the end of the day, we're all investing so much time, energy, thoughts, topics, discussions. It makes this so much more enjoyable that the 49ers have a franchise quarterback and a direction, and it's fun, and they're going to try and win and achieve success. 
the Bay Area is very success oriented and they're used to that and failure is met with disgust here and the attitude has flipped and it's very fun to have discussions about the 49ers and I think that's fantastic. This is going to help bring the community together. One player, how unbelievable is this? Crowning him and knighting him, we may look back and say we overreacted so hard and I'll get into this later about Derek Carr and stocks can cool right now, but this is what Jimmy G's doing. He's doing it in the fourth quarter. He's doing it on third down, pressure in his face, weapons we haven't even heard of. Kendrick Bourne all of a sudden are getting 85 yards down the field. Kyle's play calling. You're marrying all of this together. And it just looks like a top 10 quarterback in the league taking charge. No hesitation. Really, the only thing you can blame the 49ers on right now is they're not scoring enough touchdowns. They're still winning the games. They're still responding after lull third quarters. Really, in all these games, it's kind of been the same script. Chicago, Houston, Tennessee, the Niners have lulled a little bit in the third quarter. They let the other team kind of get momentum. And all of a sudden, it was fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo in the fourth quarter is 23 of 29, 305 yards. Yesterday against Tennessee, 11 of 14, 180. There was a minute seven to go. I had no worry or fear or anxiety that this guy wasn't going to bring the team down to at least get a field goal. And it was three straight completions. He got so cocky at the end, he tried to get a touchdown to Marquise Goodwin. He wanted to walk off in that fashion. He's going to learn from that. Uh, Jimmy G threw another pass up to that Marquise Goodwin bailed him out on. Should have been an interception in the second quarter. In addition to being watchable, the 49ers now have a more rested defense. Listen, they have flaws that are going to get attacked. Dante Johnson is now target number one for opposing offenses. They're throwing right at this guy. It's simple. DeAndre Hopkins last week went off. The Bears didn't do that much. But I'm just saying this defense is keeping this team in games. You remember where they were at last year. There's been a 180 difference. DeForest Buckner starting the game off with a sack and then finishing it with that tackle on third down to force a field goal to give Jimmy Garoppolo the chance to move the team down. I mean, your top players here are potentially knocking the Titans out of the playoffs. It's the biggest win of the season. It's probably the biggest win since 2013 just because of the confidence that it's breeding. Why can't they beat Jacksonville this week? They're carrying the number one defense. Even Blake Bortles is hot. He's coming to this game seven touchdowns, zero interceptions in December. It's going to be a very fun game. We'll preview on Thursday. But three wins in a row, Jacksonville, Niners, and Cowboys. Those are the only three teams in the league right now. You have the Steelers losing. You have the Patriots losing. Seattle getting their teeth kicked in. Mike Silver penning a column. This could be the end of Seattle. They might be blowing some stuff up here, trying to get younger around Russell Wilson and maybe a 2.0 version springing up in a couple years. Power is shifting in the NFC West. And the 49ers with Kyle and John Lynch are grabbing the controls here. The Rams are steering the ship, but I don't know if they can sustain this year in and year out. Sean McVay is going to be coach of the year. You had people in October saying football was boring. I'm sick of it. Ratings are down. I think this season's been fantastic. The NFC, the pendulum has been swinging so hard from week to week. We don't know who's going to make the Super Bowl. Patriots, Steelers, game of the year right there. It's so entertaining. New quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the league is trending in a nice direction for 2018. 2018 is going to be the 49ers come up year. 
There's no more fun year in sports when a team first starts their rise. I've said it before about the Warriors, Steph Curry, their first year, 2014 with Steve Kerr here. The Niners when Harbaugh got here in their first Super Bowl year when they lost to the Ravens. I'm not saying the Niners are going to make the playoffs next season, but there's going to be a ton of excitement. I tweeted out my plan for them. Sign Jimmy G to the five-year contract. Don't dilly and dally with a franchise tag. You're going to have to overpay for him slightly. Listen, this is the biggest thing I actually wanted to get into, and I meant to off the top. It's shocking that it's happening this quickly. I thought it was going to click for Jimmy Garoppolo somewhere in the second season. You know, October the second season, it clicks with Kyle Shanahan's offense. Oh, October 2018. Wow, I understand Kyle's play calling. I'm elevating the talent around me. The pocket awareness is there. He's fully grasped play action system and the vibe is everyone's bought in. It was not supposed to happen three games into his tenure. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing on the field for three or four years. There is no hesitation. There's no growing pain so far. They were hesitant to play Jimmy Garoppolo at first. They saw how good in practice he was. And they thought, oh, that's because he's only been practicing in New England. He's just a great practice guy because that's what he does. They didn't think it was going to go this smoothly on the field. Jimmy Garoppolo is arguably a top 10 quarterback already. The last three weeks, he's like top five in nearly every statistic across the board. Besides touchdowns, and they're still winning. Imagine when he's throwing three or four touchdowns a game. That's not out of the question next season. That's why I'm getting excited about next season, putting plans into motion to get more weapons around him, fix the defense a little too. Corner all of a sudden could be the biggest need because of Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to elevate everyone around him. Marquise Goodwin, you're 100% keeping him next year and carving a role out for him. How are they even going to get the ball to Pierre Garcon? Jimmy Garoppolo in the second quarter has already completed passes to seven different receivers. He's getting everyone involved. He's almost like a point guard out there. He's just dishing off passes. It still hasn't been anything elaborate. Titan said it after the game too. A lot of blown coverages. Kyle's play calling has been on display here. Marquise Goodwin, he can use him as a decoy now. Kendrick Bourne, he's getting him very comfortable in the middle of the field. I tweeted early in the game. They're getting Marquise Goodwin the ball everywhere. Corner of the sideline on a nice little jet sweep. They didn't even take a deep shot yesterday. They had a couple big plays, yards after the catch. Where has this yards after the catch been for the last three seasons with this franchise? It's been so nice to see a receiver catch the ball. Selleck time. Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown pass. He was flushed out of the pocket, making throws on the run. So athletic. They got him for a second round pick. I mean, how lucky are the 49ers right now? They walked into one of the best quarterback situations in the league, and they have the money to take care of it. Imagine if this was another franchise who made this pick that had to cut a bunch of players, that they weren't in this salary threshold. If you're going to crush Trent Baalke, praise him for this, that he did not spend a dime in free agency, and this team carried and carried cap room over. John Lynch and Kyle didn't have to clear a bunch of cap space. They inherited it all. Trent Baalke didn't think he was getting fired last season. He thought, oh, Chip's here. There's no way Jed is going to do a one-and-done back-to-back years. 
If I don't get along with Chip, I can start to get some of the power over Chip. It'll become my football team again. No, it didn't work that way. Kudos to Jed York. He wanted to start a fresh new regime. I remember Trent Baalke's quote when he got fired week 17 was, they needed to reset the culture, reset the organization. That was him saying they needed to fire Chip Kelly as well. He didn't want to go down. There's no power struggle now. There's no, let's get Jed's attention, who's who's got the upper hand. I mean, John Lynch handles all the big picture situations. Kyle handles the play calling, the vibe of the team, um, you know, the meeting times, what they're eating, certain things, the music. I mean, Kyle's got the vibe of the team. John Lynch is involved with every arm. I, I like it. Adam Peters is getting credit too for drafting Adrian Colbert. Everyone has a role on this team now. What's funny is before Jimmy G got here, things were trending in the right direction. Kyle Shanahan benched Hoyer for C.J. Beathard early in the season to say, listen, we know we're not good. We're going to try and play as many rookies as possible to try and take something from 2017. Most of the fans were okay with this. They knew the losing was happening. There was close losses. This team was going to walk into the offseason saying, all right, C.J. Beathard is our backup. We like what he can do. He can start in case of injury. It's just good to have him and develop him. We have Reuben Foster. We were going to come away with a couple different things. Maybe Colbert would have came on too. There would still be massive holes everywhere. And of course, what the hell are we doing? A quarterback, are we drafting one? Are we doing Kirk Cousins? This is a decision that could either get us fired or take us places. It was going to be a major coin flip in the offseason. Niners still would have been you know, viewed positively, all right, they, they did okay. The wins weren't there, but you can tell Kyle and John Lynch are getting things set up. All of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, this team will compete for the wild card next season. They will be not only, I don't think, a trendy pick, they will be a pick for the, for the wild card next season. Niners have won three in a row. Think of all the things that they're having to overcome to win. They have one cornerback, and it's a rookie third rounder, Akilah Weatherspoon. Whoever has been in that other position has been getting torched every week. That's how the other team moves the football up and down the field. That's such a weakness. That's, that's how teams normally lose game. Oh, we, we don't have a second corner. We're, we're just not going to win until we get that position solved. They're winning despite that. Robbie Gold is attempting a record 15 field goals the last three weeks. He's 15 to 15. No kicker has ever done that. Normally, when you're settling for field goals, you're losing the game. You don't normally win unless you're scoring three touchdowns in a game in the NFL these days. They're winning with the field goals. I thought the O-line the last two weeks has not been good at all. Jimmy Garoppolo was 12 of 15 under pressure. You get in this guy's face. He caught one of his own receptions yesterday. I mean, there was just guys, their hands in his face. He did not have a clean pocket all day. He was... He was moving the pocket a lot. James Lofton, I thought that was one of the smarter comments he made. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a scrambler at all. He moves the pocket. He's not even trying to get away from the defenders. They can get closer to him, but he's going to get on the move and receivers kind of play backyard football. He's been finding Trent Taylor on a couple of those. Marquise Goodwin on slants over the field. Marquise Goodwin. We really have to stop there. And I was blasting him that he's not a number one receiver. This is, they're not putting Jimmy G in a good situation because he's just never done this before. Tennessee came into this with a very good defense. 
Houston did not have a bad secondary at all. Chicago with Vic Fangio. You can make fun of all the offenses the 49ers have gone against the last three weeks. These are three of the better defenses in the league, and they're still getting open. Marquise Goodwin, there's been some Deshaun Jackson comparisons. I think that's a little out of control, but he is hitting his groove. Really, he lost his father, too. He's lost a son, um, one of the more personal seasons, and uh, the 49ers' faithful are embracing this guy. He's about to have 1,000 yards this season. I mean, he's going from eight catches, 106 yards. That's what he's averaging with Jimmy G. It was two for 52 with Hoyer and Bethard. It just shows you the dramatic difference one player can make in the NFL at quarterback. 381 yards, and they left plays out on the field. You have people in Cleveland legit crying themselves to sleep as they watch the 0-14 Browns. I mean, you have legitimate writers in Cleveland calling Jimmy Garoppolo Tom Brady 2.0. Other people saying Jimmy Montana, John Lynch on the field, hugging him afterwards. The momentum, the positive energy around this team. Who is finishing the season on a higher note that's missing the playoffs in the 49ers? Outside of any other team that's making the playoffs, I think the two most positive stories, there's three in the NFL this season. Jacksonville is one. The Rams are two, 49ers are three. Despite their record, uh, the 49ers probably had the best quarterback moving forward on those teams. I think he's more talented than Jared Goff. You're talking next season, Jimmy Garoppolo could be considered a top five, six, seven quarterback in the league. If he plays like this an entire season, he will be in MVP discussions. When does he come crashing back down to reality? We've seen Derek Carr this season. in That fumble at the one-yard line. He's got to know that that's been a huge play in the NFL five, six, seven times this season with guys diving there. Uh, You need to be aware of the quarterback to protect the football. I am blaming Derek Carr there. He almost threw a pick on the last drive too. Does that happen to Jimmy Garoppolo in 2018, 2019? Is he going to have games like this and the Niners don't look like they do now? I think so. I think it's going to be impossible to keep this high going. But for now... After three years of futility and firing coaches and such a negative discussion on Twitter, I think it's okay to be overhyped about Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Don't overreact when this does step back a little bit, but we've seen this at its ceiling here, and I think he can sustain this for most of a season for 11, 12 games where he's throwing for 320 yards, two touchdowns, protecting the football. I thought it was going to be a blowout. And I predicted blowout in the KJ podcast. Second quarter there, they get stalled out. Um, becomes 16-3. If it's 23 there, 20-3, and they, I think they bury the Titans. Gotta figure out how to get the red zone issue solved. I literally think the entire practice all week should be red zone situations. Let's focus that much detail and prep on fixing those issues because if you get better in the red zone you're going to be a very damn good football team that's been an impetus and that's been too much of an issue number one in time of possession the last three weeks 35 minutes per game eagles are averaging 33 this year this is coming without a run game this is one quarterback walking in executing Kyle's offense every little single tee 
I think it's so smart how they're spoon-feeding him the game plan, letting him focus entirely on that instead of overwhelming Jimmy Garoppolo with the playbook. Kyle is such a new-age coach. He puts people in positions to succeed. If you're not good at a certain route, we're not going to use you in that situation. He molds players and figures out what they're good at. I got to say, I was high on Kendrick Bourne. I was, the, I think, the only 49ers writer that had him on my 53-man roster. Kyle Shanahan's quote after the game, he's too good. We didn't want to let him go and put him on the practice squad. Uh, we, we saw something in him. Pierre Garçon goes down. Kendrick Bourne, I saw my boy Bonte Hill tweet this. Get a wide receiver one. Try and acquire that this offseason if you can. Pierre as your two. Marquise Goodwin as your three. Kendrick Bourne as your four. If you're going shotgun four wide with those four, I am feeling pretty damn good. Jimmy Garoppolo doing his thing. Ruben Foster doing his thing on defense. His thing also includes a stinger once or twice a game where he's down for five minutes and they go to commercial break and he's back on the next possession, sometimes even the next play. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's like, Rube, you got to fight through those stingers a little bit. I think John Lynch, I've said this on Twitter, John Lynch should teach Ruben Foster how to hit a little more cleanly. His pad level, I don't think, is getting low enough right now. He's getting stung on the wrist and the legs all the time. There's a couple techniques Ruben Foster, I think, could hit more cleanly where he's not experiencing so much pain on the football field. That'd be awesome if they did a video feature on that, whether that's Hard Knocks or 49ers.com is doing their thing. John Lynch and Ruben Foster, those two interacting would be very fun. And I think beneficial for Ruben Foster uh, he's still hitting the shit out of everyone on the field. I mentioned Buckner, start this podcast. He's making plays. Solomon Thomas, I thought, had a good game. I thought he made a nice little play with Eric Reed um, on a third down there. He had a tackle for a loss early in the game. Nice showing from Solomon Thomas. I will give him props. I thought he did a good job against a Tennessee Titans offense. Eric Reed, uh, not a good game for him. Bad penalty after a field goal. Getting into a fight with a kicker, I mean, he's got to know better. I put on Twitter, do you keep him for depth purposes? If you're an Eric Reed enthusiast, not a good showing for him against Tennessee. That's going to be filmed. They bring up and be like, mm, we really don't need him. It's kind of a luxury item. They can probably draft a safety in the fifth, sixth, seventh round to be that backup for Tart. He'll be a restricted free agent. They'll tender him. That'll be an, an, a one-year deal just so they can focus cap room on other areas. I mean, again, main takeaway from this podcast, it's shocking that Jimmy Garoppolo has grasped everything this quickly. The pressure of being the number one guy, Kyle's offense, not having any star players on offense around him, zero stars. It's just him. An offensive line who's Below average. They're not in good shape right now. This team leads in time of possession. He's number two in so many categories across the league. It just, it shouldn't have happened this quickly. Will there be a downtick? Probably. This isn't even his ceiling. We've seen what it should look like when it's humming. And it's going to hum for quite a bit. That shouldn't have happened this quickly. It should have been a 2018 thing. That's why everyone's so excited and fired up. 
about the 49ers. That's your main takeaway from the KJ podcast. Um, it's December. We're still going to do this thing in January. There's going to be a lot to talk about. I mean, last January was a coaching search that lasted like 30 days. They figured out that it was Shanahan. What's interesting is remember Jed York's asking Sean McVay to pick out GM candidates. That was on the table. We all heard that Josh McDaniels and Lewis Riddick, that was the number one combination they wanted. Would Jimmy Garoppolo still have ended up here? Who knows? The number one most important piece of this puzzle is Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle is two. John Lynch is three. They've solved this in a matter of 12 months. You don't normally see signs this quickly. I mean, I think John Lynch has really proved himself too. A lot of people were thinking that hire was out of left field. Jed's just trying to hire someone who will be friendly and a positive person in the organization. I mean, he's really turned this thing around. The NFC West, the power is shifting. The 49ers are in position to grab a hold of the wheel, start steering it in the direction of the San Francisco Bay. You have people in the locker room calling Levi's a candlestick feel. There was noticeably more fans who stayed through. I, I just can't believe it. A 4-10 and 10 football team is trending in a direction where they are going to compete for a playoff spot next season. This is what's crazy. I mean, you, you bring in a couple receivers in the draft. All of a sudden, Trent Taylor's on the bubble to make the roster. George Kittle is second right now in tight end receptions for rookies. He's had a great year for a fifth-round pick. They draft a tight end. You know, he's getting phased out. Who knows if Selleck will be here next year. He's found a nice little role. I mean, he's making big plays down the field. He even has Jimmy G pointing to a fake watch at its Selleck time after that touchdown pass. Um Kyle's going to be able to create playmakers. My point is the competition's going to get thicker on offense. There might be some hard cuts. I mean, yeah, Victor Bolden Jr. is not even returning kicks. You got Matt Breida doing that now. So there, there will be some turnover there. There's going to be new pieces to the puzzle added. Whoever fits with Jimmy G, who has the strongest chemistry right now? Marquise Goodwin has such strong chemistry if you bring in a free agent receiver and he's not clicking with Jimmy Garoppolo next season, all of a sudden you might elevate Marquise Goodwin right back up there getting 13 targets a game as he did against the Titans. So plans will shift on offense. I think Kyle is going to actually get really in-depth this offseason and create a much different playbook for Jimmy Garoppolo than he's had in the past. Look at other concepts from New England, other concepts that Big Ben has used. Um He's comparing to Mark Bolger. He might go look back at concepts the Rams were using. There's a lot that Kyle can do creatively with Jimmy Garoppolo. Challenge the team next year. You know, the verbiage won't be different, but I think a lot of the concepts they do are going to change. Jimmy Garoppolo looks the best out of the shotgun. Um, we still don't know him as a deep passer. We still don't know him as a successful red zone quarterback just because he's dealing with penalties and other things too. It's still him on the quarterback. Got to get him in the end zone. I think his play action is still a little bit weak. He doesn't sell it that well when he's fake handing the ball off. Um, it's, it's hard to be critical of him. If you're really nitpicking there, you're on a different planet, man. I don't know what the hell you're talking about.
All right, the plan is beat the Jaguars or the Rams. If you beat both, it would be the most feel-good story ever to finish the season 5-0 and with Jimmy Garoppolo and taking down three straight teams that were in the playoff hunt. That'd be out of control. Split one of those two. Get the long-term deal done immediately. Five years, $122 million. 85 guaranteed. It's the Andrew Luck contract. That's what it's going to be. He can play of that level when the Colts were in an AFC championship game when Andrew Luck was healthy and other things were clicking around him. I think that's Jimmy Garoppolo in two to three seasons. That's best case scenario. And you don't do the leverage on him. You don't try and win the negotiation. Like when we all realized Colin Kaepernick's contract was terrible. You don't do that stuff anymore. You pay Jimmy Garoppolo. You set your sights on free agency and say... Phase two of free agency, we are going to add the more top-line players. Last year, it was getting the Aldrick Robinsons, the Logan Paulsons. You know, check was kind of a big splash. But now it's, okay, this guy is our starting left guard, and he's a monster. We love this corner. We're going to keep Akilah Witherspoon at two and add competition there. But this is our number one corner. This is our pass rusher, I think. You do that in free agency. You don't go crazy with it. Maybe it's even you know short deals, a two-year, $45 million deals. I'm being broad here, but those are needs. And then draft the best players available for depth and see who blossoms. And that is how you build the San Francisco 49ers. Hard Knocks is going to come calling. I know some fans don't want to be on it. There might, there might be pushback from Kyle. Uh, they're so transparent already. Will, will the extra cameras really bother them? There needs to be fans at Santa Clara every day for training camp. They close that thing off too much. There needs to be energy. Add a bunch of stands in there. I think make training camp more an event. People will come. People are going to show up. And the power has shifted. My buddy John Middlecoff tweeted, I think Niners are about to be, if not already, the second team in town. San Francisco Giants will be third. Obviously, the Warriors have a grip on number one for the next three, four, five years. We'll see how that thing plays out. But yeah, the fan experience now of being a 49er enthusiast, it's fun. This is a fun fan experience. You have a top 10 quarterback in the league. All of a sudden, the future, let's, pre- let's predict it. It looks bright. It's, it's freaking really fun to be in this area right now. Rambling on the KJ podcast at this time. Love my listeners. We're setting records. Keep sharing this podcast. You guys have been retweeting it so much and showing your favorites. It's been awesome. The engagement. I think I cover the 49ers differently than anyone. Talk a lot of big picture. We point out things. Um, I love the discussions that we have on this podcast. Tweet me what you think. What are your thoughts right now about Jimmy G? Everyone's over the moon. It shouldn't have happened this early. I'm, I'm floored right now. Beat the Jaguars. Why not? This is the number one defense in the league. You're going to have primetime games next season. You're going to have expectations. Things are going to change. That's what you want in football. You want to be playing on Thursday night, on Saturdays, on Sundays, on Monday, on Sunday night, Monday night. You want to have a weird schedule. That means you're a football team with expectations. You're going to walk into next season with the better quarterback 10 out of 16 games, maybe more. You're going to give yourself a damn good chance to win if you're well coached. 49ers, my goodness. You got teams jealous across the rest of the league. You got a lot of things checked off the list in 2017. A just 
this wasn't a rebuild. This was a reboot. You turn the computer off. You turn it back on one season later. You're ready to compete for a playoff spot. Kudos, Jed York, Jimmy G, Kyle, John Lynch, Ruben Foster, defense playing well. Good vibes in the area right now. Let's see how long this will last, I think, for quite a while. KJ Podcast, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. We're out. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.